Welcome to Growth Marketing Camp, a podcast powered by OpenSense, where we sit down with leaders and founders from diverse backgrounds in marketing, tech, and beyond to explore what it takes to build a leading brand that's shaping the world of B2B. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. This is Jazz Binning, co-host of Growth Marketing Camp. Welcome to another exciting episode where I'm happy to welcome Megan Galloway, head of community at Campfire and the founder of Everleader. Megan, it is great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no worries. Before we actually get started, um, we were just talking about coffee and um, I recently updated my profile. You know, the, the, here's a little bit about your host. And uh, I always hate having to write about myself because I don't know what to include. But I had included that my coffee habits make up 80% of my personality because that's all I talk about. I heard that you guys have started something called Coffee Chat. So I wanted to understand where the next one's happening. <laughs> yes, as Steve, the CEO of Campfire is, I'm going to be out of town on vacation next week, but Steve is going to be hosting the next one um, and next week. And they happen usually every week or every other week, just depending on availability. But yeah, it's been a super fun experience hosting those. Yeah, I love it. And it's live and it's happening weekly. Yeah. So um, it kind of came from a place where I was getting a lot of different requests for people to meet up for coffee. And I just couldn't really manage my calendar well enough with everyone. So I thought, well, I'll just get lots of different people in the same place and I'll meet them and then I'll introduce them to other people. And then I got into the first one and I realized like I I actually wasn't really meeting anyone at all. I was just facilitating a whole bunch of introductions for everybody else. And it was magical. And so now we have somewhere between 40 and 70 people show up every week to come meet each other. Yeah, I send them into breakout rooms. Um, it's kind of like speed dating, but on Zoom. And you go meet new people and I give you a prompt to talk about with them. And yeah, it's been really fun. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love that. And I, I am, I'm going to get the information and I'm actually going to join them. And these are just... Are these marketers? Are these um, just anybody who's working in like, is it people in your community? It's just basically anybody? It's basically anybody, really. We have, um, you know, my background's been in learning and development. So there do tend to be a lot of learning and development or leadership development people that join and HR folks. And outside of that, too, like there's job seekers that join. We've had people from all over the world join these now at this point. I mean, the last one, we had someone in Brazil, another person that was in Pakistan, like, um, all in the same room. So it was just really cool. So yeah, it's really anybody is welcome to join us that wants to make like new genuine connections. I love that. And now I understand why you're heading up community at Campfire. And I'm excited to actually talk about that. But before I do, talk to me about Campfire. What is it you guys do and for whom? Yeah, so Campfire, we're a leadership development company. So we like to say that um, the smartest person in the room is the room. So the idea behind our leadership development training is we create a safe space for leaders to learn from each other. So they're um, hour-long conversations that are guided by one of our certified campfire guides, and it's the facilitator. But the goal for them is to create a safe space for people to talk and learn from each other, from people from either their company or companies all over the world. Can I just say, whoever came up with that, the smartest person in the room is a room, is a genius. I love that. I don't know who actually coined that, but it's really good. I absolutely love that. And and when you actually, like the moment you shared it, when you think about it, it that is so true. Every single person has their own skill set. They have their own experiences. They have their own perspective. And to tap into the collective knowledge of everybody in the room, that is the smartest person in the room. I love that. Oh my gosh. Props to whoever, whoever came up with that. You kind of touched on this a little bit. What is your company's North Star? Like, what is your mission? What is that ideal kind of scenario for the companies that you guys touch? 
Yeah, we really want to help companies that want to help their leaders connect with themselves and connect with other people. So we believe like the greatest learning can happen when people connect with each other. And um, so in our sessions, we want to give people room for a reflection and some quiet space for them to be able to think about their own growth. And then in addition, meet with other people as well and learn from their experiences because Generally, we find like a lot of people don't learn because someone talks with them for an hour. They're learning because they're experiencing it. They're hearing stories. So that visual of like being able to sit around a campfire is super powerful to us because it's this safe space where people can share their experiences and really dig into that with each other. Mm -hmm. I love that. And the second, I mean, the next question I was going to ask too is this concept of the campfire gathering. How did you guys come up with it? You kind of touched on it already. And then how is what you guys are doing different from other leadership training and team building initiatives? Yeah. So Campfire originally started this company called Book Club, and it was all about companies that were reading maybe like a leadership development book and then meeting every month to review the book with our customers at that point in time. This is pre-Megan joining Campfire. And our customers basically got to a point where they said, okay, we really love this concept, but none of us have time to read the actual book. So can we just like meet and talk about the book and not actually not read it? So um, they pivoted and wanted to really find uh, a concept that was people meeting around something and that sense of community. So that's where the campfire came in was like that idea of storytelling and learning from each other in a safe space. So that's where that came from. I love that. And you guys, especially you as a guest on Growth Marketing Camp, right? <laughs> no, <I think>. Yes. <laughs> We're swapping stories around a campfire. Technically, I'm the camp counselor today, but it's the same thing. Like, creating that safe space to have conversations with other marketers and other people. Within. So I love that. And uh, I think the campfire guest on Growth Marketing Camp is just so fitting. I love that. Yes, it's a perfect marriage. I love it. It really is. Now let's focus on you a little bit. What is it that you do at Campfire? And here's a little curveball. How would your family, your kids, your husband describe what you do? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't know what my two-year-old would say to that. In all honesty, I don't know what she'd probably just say mom. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I'm the head of community is my title. Um, I started out at Campfire doing our sales function. So I was head of growth for a while. And then I've just pivoted into this head of community role. And it's been really phenomenal. Um, the idea is that I help take care of all of our customers and lead our customer success and all of our operations, and that we're really building a lot of our growth and a lot of the success through the ability for people to meet each other. So my job is to create a space for leaders to come and develop with each other. So we do that through our content. We do that through working with our certified guides. So I'm also the the one who leads that effort with, our, with all of our guides. So it's a really great, um, it's a bit nebulous, like head of community. Like, what does that really mean? And in our context, it's really about like, what does the space around the campfire look like and how do we cultivate that space so that it's really great for everyone that joins us? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So, because um, when I think about head of community too, what you've just described, you're dealing with actual customers. Are you engaging with people who are not customers? You're just trying to grow your audience and outsiders are mostly you focus on customers. Yeah, some of both in all honesty. So like the campfire coffee chats are a great example. I meet a whole bunch of people through those that um, that I would never normally meet otherwise. So I really kind of straddle the line between like outside of the company and inside of the company, which is a really fun place to be. No, oh, that's awesome. Um, so high level, walk me through an average week in your shoes. Kind of what are you responsible for? Which teams are you engaging with? 
I spend a lot of time on Zoom generally. So I have regular meetings with all of our customers to talk about um, what the things are that they're loving, what things we can do to help provide more value for them. So do that regularly. I also guide a lot of our campfire sessions still for different, usually for people that are interested in campfire and maybe they want to just give us a test out and see um, see if they like it or not. So I do a lot of kind of that side of things with our with our potential customers. And then usually on a weekly basis, I'm I'm working the most with our customer success team, with our operations team, with our contract facilitators, and then digging in with our content as well. So really all over the board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you're having to interact with different departments and you have varying responsibilities. How do you balance that? How do you balance your projects and provide feedback and prioritize the stuff that you're working on? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, being in a startup environment, um, our company is still new, we're growing, and there's always more things to do than you can actually get done. That's just the reality of it. And I think a lot of people feel that way in their jobs. And um, actually, the CEO, Steve, and I were just talking about this recently because I made a mistake about something that I didn't even realize was that I was responsible for. But I told him, like, there's just so many plates to juggle sometimes. And I feel like every now and then, like I look over and there's a plate that's shattered on the ground and I didn't even realize I was juggling it. And he just said, Megan, just get used to the sound of shattering plates for a little bit. Like there's nothing that we can't fix. It's going to be okay. Pick the top priority things and everything else we're going to figure out together as a team. So that's that's the approach we take. And I really appreciate that. That's a fantastic approach. Get used to the sound of shattering plates. I absolutely love that. I had a conversation, um, I'm not sure if you've heard of her, Maya Grossman, she's she's pretty huge on LinkedIn especially. And one of the questions I had asked her is, hey, same thing, like how do you prioritize? Because I also, you know, I, we we have a small team at OpenSense still, you know, it's under 50 people. There's, um, we're sitting at about close to 30 now. And constantly, there's always something that needs to be done. And she had shared a concept with me that I absolutely, I appreciated so much, especially at that time when I asked her, I selfishly asked her because I'm like, somebody tell me, um, how do you deal with this? And she shared to make a list of everything that you're doing, um, everything that you think needs to be done. And then just the top 20%, keep that, everything else, cross it out, everything else that you and try to prioritize it and come back, you know, the, at the end of the quarter, do a little recap you know, was the, was the company affected by especially the top tier items or the lower tier items and they're not. So you're okay. Just focus on the big rocks. The little stuff will happen. They'll fall through or eventually you'll be able to move them. But the big rocks are so important. And I've, I've kind of used that and I'll do the same thing. I'll do lists. I'll take a look now. I'll, if I'm working with other teams to build processes on, Hey, does this impact revenue? Does this impact current customers? Because then it's going to flow into a different kind of process. And maybe it's not a high priority item. Working in a startup, so many, so like every single day you learn something new. Yes, that is the truth. How can companies create a people first culture? Because that's kind of what you guys are are focusing on. And why do you believe that it starts with an exceptional leadership team, which is, you know, I've noticed there's a difference between management and leadership. So why did you share with me first the difference and then how companies can invest in a people first culture? Yeah. I think so managers are the ones that are in the position of power, for lack of a better term, that are managing the day-to-day functions, managing the people around it. And leaders, I believe, can be anybody, like anyone from any seat can be a leader. I think that the skill of management is very different than like the skills of leadership. And that I think that in particular, leadership um, can 
really be more all-encompassing for everybody. I really do believe that. So I think that people can create a leadership, a culture where there were people first. I think that everything comes back to being human-centered and leading with empathy. So a lot of companies, I think, you know, we're all businesses first. Most of us are for-profit. So we have to be able to, even not-for-profits have to be able to hit certain financial goals. So at the end of the day, we have to make business decisions. And those business decisions do affect people. So taking a look at those business decisions, using a people-first lens to think about how it's going to impact people, and then being able to help that weigh into your decisions. And then also there are times when we make decisions that are really hard for the people in our business that we have to make, but being able to control the impact for the people that are affected by them by taking a human-first approach seeing them, validating them, giving them empathy and care, and then making making space for all of them, I think is something that people can really do. No, I, I think both of that is actually, um, everything you shared is super valuable. And it kind of helping me transition to the next question. You also have started Everleader. So I'm kind of curious, where did that come from? And talk to me about what it is that you do at Everleader and what the mission for that is. Yeah. So I had started Everleader after spending almost 10 years building learning and development programs for the ground up for different companies and a few different industries. And I had a point where I realized I really wanted to create more impact with more companies. And at the end of the day, I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. And I realized how much I want the working world to look so much different by the time they get there. I just want it to be so much more heart-centered, human-focused, and I think we have a lot of work to do in that space. Um, I do think that the pandemic was an accelerator and helped us have more like human-first perspectives. And also, I think we still have a lot of opportunity for growth there. So I started Everleader with the attention of helping companies create people-first cultures. So I do consulting with companies in that space. Not as much right now. Most of my focus is in Campfire right now. But that was the idea with, with Everleader is to really create learning and development structures, leadership development programs that support human-first leaders and can help companies shift from maybe old mindsets of cultures and what used to be to a people-first mindset that can lead them into the future. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you you brought up a really good point about kind of the pandemic accelerating that and changing the world for, you know, our kids and their kids to come. I had a conversation with another guest, uh, Zinia Jellison, and she shared something with me, too, that I actually thought was um, when you when you take when you actually think about it now, especially after the pandemic, there's been so much more open discussions, even about mental health, mm-hmm. burnout in the workplace, taking a break and actually being able to like turn yourself off, get away from uh, technology, especially because most people are working from home and they are now struggling to find the divide between work and home. So she kind of shared that, that as a, as a plus. And I hundred percent think that with, you know, the big recession and like the big resignation, people have way less patience for companies who are not putting people first. So this is the beginning of uh, lots of lots of changes that are going to happen over time for um, the future of the workplace and how companies empower their team. And it's less trendy now. And it's more of like, this is a standard. It's a new standard. And how can we make this a permanent part of our company? Yeah, there's a new layer of expectation, a new level of expectation that didn't exist before the pandemic for companies and the way they treat their people. And I think that it's that bar needs to just continue to get a little bit higher uh, and and recorrect after so many years mm-hmm. in the past 50 years of being so work-focused versus being human-focused. Yeah. Before I started recording too, you shared that you're planning on going on a little getaway. 
um, and you're going to disconnect. So curious how you fight burnout if you are feeling it and how other leaders can kind of manage their personal life to avoid burnout. Yeah. So I work for a startup. I definitely feel burnout. That is a real thing. And I think that the things that have been most helpful to me that I still work on all the time is setting and holding boundaries, trying to be really conscientious about being present with wherever I am. So if I'm with my kids, I don't want to have my phone open or a Slack or LinkedIn or anything. Like I just want to be honed in on them specifically and how I can be most present with them. So I think that's been really helpful of trying to set and keep those boundaries and make space for the things that I want in my life. Um, I want a date night with my husband. I want uh, to have a night to veg out and do absolutely nothing every now and then. Like those, those things are, I think, really important. And then, yeah, I do. There are times like this coming week, we're going to head to a very remote part of the country where I don't get cell phone service and just unplug for a week, like literally completely unplug. And I'm really looking forward to it because I think it just getting outside of your normal day to day just gives you such different perspective on everything that you have been doing and you've gotten into this routine that feels likely pretty comfortable because that's as humans, we like that comfort. And so I'm excited for the break in that routine. I think it'll it'll help me come back feeling more perspective, more refreshed and, and get back into it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I like that. I'm excited for you to go on yours and I'm excited to go on my vacation next week <laughs> because I'm I'm also feeling pretty burnt out and we're in the middle of Q3 and yeah, like that's definitely now is the right time to do it. Weather's good and I'm, I'm super looking forward to it. Now I'm about to transition to the rapid fire, but wanted to ask one more question. What is one book you would recommend to our audience and why? Oh, that's a great question. I think the book that I've read most recently that's been, that sat with me the longest is Brene Brown's Braving the Wilderness. Um, it's Atlas of the Heart. Her newest one is also really fabulous. It's more of like a, in my mind, like that's more like a tool that you can use. Like when you're feeling something, you can look it up in there. It's very cool. But for like a start to finish book, her her Braving the Wilderness was just something that really stuck with me because it was something I needed to read in that moment to have the courage to be able to step off of the corporate ladder I was climbing and go start my own business and try different things and put myself out there and she talks a lot about staying true to who you are as a person and not fitting in just to fit in. And I really needed to hear that in that moment and think about like, well, who am I really? Who do I want to be? Not because other people expect things of me, but because I expect them of myself. So super powerful. Yeah, no, that sounds like an awesome book. And um, it's interesting we think about it. We've, we spend the most time with ourselves, but some, even answering that question, like, who am I? It's still, it's difficult to, to answer. Again, when I was even building out my, the profile of who I am and how do I, how do I put myself into words, you know, 300 characters, like, man, that, that is a challenge, but I'm glad that you did pick up the book and I'm glad that you started your own thing and you're still building up the community at Campfire. And I wish you best of luck in both ventures. The fun part. And then I, I know it's like four, probably 4.30 for you right now. Yes, you got it. So you'll be able to wind out, but rapid fire, the way this works, I've got a bunch of questions. Some are like, Super goofy questions you can't really prepare for. Very quickly, you say whatever comes to your mind. I say that, but then we all end up sharing it and we end up turning it into a longer discussion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll just answer however way you want. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite B2B brand? Mm. Or B2C? I really love BetterUp. I think that coaching is so important for so many people right now. And so I love their model. Love it. Love it. Your favorite way to wind down? Hmm. 
I love reading. I love reading fiction novels and being able to escape in somebody else's world for a hot minute is really nice. Okay. What's your favorite fiction book? Oh, goodness. I just read a really fabulous one. Um, her name is Emily Giffen. And I forget the name of the latest book that I just read by her. It's so good. It was all about JFK Jr. and his romance with his wife and kind of what would have happened if their plane hadn't have crashed or if they had survived their plane crash. It's just a really, really great fiction read. Yeah, meant to be? Meant to be. Yes, that's it. I just Googled it. <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Favorite drink? Favorite beverage? It could be drink, it could be coffee, it could be anything. Mm, favorite beverage? Probably red wine. Ooh, love that. A good cab. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm slowly starting to get into red wine. I've been a white wine drinker and um, I'm finally transitioning into the red wine world. Oh, it's so good. Yes. Especially like on a purple day. What's a smooth wine uh, to, for beginners? Especially, so getting into reds, I think Pinot Noirs are so approachable because they're, they're a lighter grape as well. So if you're used to white, that's a good like transition point. And yeah, I, we love Washington wines. My in-laws spend time in Washington state. So we love uh, Chateau Saint-Michel. A lot of their, their vineyard wines are really good. So they've got good clothes and caps. Okay. All right. I'll take a look at some of those. Um, when are you most productive? In the morning. Definitely. Like tomorrow morning, I'm going to a a. 5am workout and then I can get my day started. And yeah, I love that. Wow. Most of the GMC guests are most productive in the morning. I've, I've rarely found some nighttime, some night owls. I'm definitely a night owl. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. Favorite season? Fall. Pet peeve? During the pandemic, my husband's kind of grew his hair out and he would like <laughs> twirl his hair on the couch. And it was like, I don't know why it drove me so crazy, but it, it really did. That is, that, that is hilarious. Um, I absolutely love that. For me, uh, it involves my husband too. If I say something and he can't hear me the first time, then I have to repeat it and he can't hear me. It's, it makes me really angry. <laughs> now he does it just on purpose, just to make me. Of just, course. Just a little bit of trouble. <laughs> what ice cream flavor would you be? Mm, I love Cherry Garcia. That's like my favorite ice cream. Yeah, right. The cherry, a little bit of chocolate. Yeah, I love that. Um, spirit animal. A cat. Definitely. I'm a crazy cat lady. Oh, love, love, love. If you had to pick one superpower, what would you choose? Mm, I don't know. That's a really good question. Maybe super strength, just because that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. The super strength is a great one. And also one I have not heard yet. Um, what is one thing you can't live without? So not like family or anything, one like object that you can't live without. Mm, my basement gym. That's my happy place. All right. I wish my gym was my happy place. <laughs> I really you just haven't found the right thing in the gym yet. And who are some of your role models? Who inspires you or who should we invite next on the show? Mm, that's a great question. Um, my go-to answer for this is a gal by the name of Alexis Scott. She's phenomenal. She was at a company called Aspireship for a while. And um, she just left her job with no idea what she really wanted to do next, except she was ready to do something different for herself and for her career. And so she took a few months to figure it out. And she just started with a new company this last week, but she's just really inspiring. She's very authentic and she's following her heart, which I really appreciate. Yeah, that's awesome. And then where can listeners find you online? Yes, I'm on LinkedIn. That's definitely the best place. Um, and then campfires at getcampfire.com. Yeah, and we will share um, your LinkedIn profile and um, we'll tag Campfire on all the posts that go out. But thank you so much, Megan, for joining us on Growth Marketing Camp. It was an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. 
Thanks for listening to Growth Marketing Camp. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would give it a quick five-star rating or share it with a friend or colleague looking to strengthen their skills with tips and inspiration. If you want to learn more about the company behind the show, head to opensense.com. That's O-P-E-N-S-E-N-S-E.com. We'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you.